0: Uh, we welcome members of the public, the instructions on making public comment are noted in item one of the agenda. We will ask at each agenda item whether or not there is public comment. Catherine,
1: will you please do a roll call? Uh,
2: yes, Trustee Kishnev
0: Here.
2: Trustee DeLuna.
3: Here.
2: Uh, Trustee Rios. Here. And Trustee Dodd.
0: Here. I know uh, Trustee Iverson is excused today. I know trustee Olson will be about 20 minutes late, and I think trustee Baker will be about 10 minutes late. Okay, we will- And our student trustee. Oh, thank you. And student trustee. Save the best for last.
3: Yeah, okay.
0: Sorry about that. Um, We will go to the pledge allegiance. when well, our student trustee, maybe you could lead us in the Pledge how you believe it? Agents to the flag of the United States of America,
4: our
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Any changes to the agenda? Okay, I'm looking around seeing none. Um, We will adopt the agenda by consensus and the board will now move on to public comment on closed session items, devoting up to 15 minutes to hear uh, comments regarding closed session items. Um, Individual comments will be limited to three minutes. Catherine, do we have any public comments?
2: We have no public comments.
0: I have not seen either, and I don't see anybody uh, raising their hand in our crowd this afternoon. Um, so we will move into closed session covering labor negotiations and public employee performance evaluation and return at approximately 5.30 p.m. <laughs> the board is returning uh, back from closed session at approximately 5 34 p.m uh there is nothing to announce out of closed session and we will move on to general public comment uh, which is a, an opportunity governed by the Brown Act by definition uh the board is uh, not un- given opportunity to hear concerns perspectives and differing vantage points Uh, the board is not able under the brown act to engage in any level of conversation or discussion but we look forward to this opportunity to gather community input at this time the board will devote up to 15 minutes to review comments to board of trustees regarding any uh, matter that is not appearing as an agenda item this evening and but over which the board has jurisdiction Uh, No action or discussion will occur at this time on such items, and each comment shall last for longer than three minutes. Catherine, do we have any other comments?
2: We do
5: not.
0: Okay, and I haven't received anything either. Uh, So we will uh, move on to our consent calendar. Does the board have any changes? Seeing none, um, I'll ask if there is any public comment on closed session, or excuse me, consent calendar items.
2: No, we do not.
0: Okay. Well, I would welcome a motion to approve consent.
2: moved. Right. Second.
0: Thank you, Trustee Luna, and thank you, Trustee Baker. All in favor? Aye. Right. <clears> Aye. <throat> consent uh, is approved unanimously. Going on to our uh, first uh, general information discussion item is a uh, land acknowledgment.
3: Thank you, President Dodd. Uh, with us today, we have Dr. Mubasami, our senior director of DEI, who is uh, going to walk us through our land acknowledgment.
6: Good afternoon, members of the board, Dr. Powell, members of the president's cabinet, Napa Valley community and other members of our larger community, I'm pleased to, pr- to bring before the board a resolution to adopt the Napa Valley land acknowledgement. Next slide, Catherine. So, okay. first, I'd like to start off by thinking about the purpose of land acknowledgements, how they function in society. So we make land acknowledgements to honor the original inhabitants and traditional stewards of the land we are on, who are still here despite hundreds of years of efforts to erase and displace them. Also to show reverence and respect for our indigenous communities and support their continuing efforts to survive and thrive. they're important in beginning to repair relationships with native communities and with the land, we encourage land acknowledgments to support Indigenous-led land- aff- efforts to um, engage in truth-telling and reconciliation, uh, to broaden the awareness of the history that's led to this moment, and to resist and dismantle ongoing colonialism. And as an in- educational institution, uh, it's important also that we ground our own work in the larger context of this place and reflect on how we came to be here and inspire us to take meaningful action. So this I'd like to acknowledge that this is um, provided by the Suskel Intertribal Council for the purpose of land acknowledgements. Thank you. Next slide. So, Why did we develop a land acknowledgement at Napa Valley College? So firstly, uh, it's important to reflect upon and acknowledge the history of the spaces in which we conduct our business here, specifically at Napa Valley College. Um, This is an opportunity for education in action, for us to uh, think about how we can promote learning about the history and experiences of Native populations um, beyond what happens in the classroom, and to encourage this learning in other spaces around the campus, and to include uh, communities that are a part of our Napa Valley College um, larger community that aren't in the classroom. So, our, our staff groups. And it's an opportunity to democratize learning through The land acknowledgement. Thirdly, it's an important best practice in educational institutions. So, across the country, not only educational institutions, but a lot of other institutions are also developing land acknowledgements. It's part of a larger social justice orientation to acknowledging. the history of colonialism and the ongoing impacts of colonialism. And this is an opportunity to acknowledge that history of colonialism and to make an effort through land acknowledgements, not only to acknowledge that history, but also to think about institutional commitments to, um, to the communities who have been adversely impacted. Next slide, please. So our land acknowledgement committee, we established this in October of 2021. This came out of the DEI committee. And so there was a work group that was established, which um, is comprised of uh, members of the DEI committee. So the members of our work group are Luis Alcazar, um, Dr. Catherine Busque, Dr. Alejandro Guerrero, Chantel Ridgel, who joined the group uh, a little later in the development, but we brought her on because we were thinking about um, institutional commitments and thinking about um, land. And at the Upper Valley campus, there is already a Native American garden. And so we're thinking about other opportunities to um, engage in, in uh, work to memorialize and honor. The native history in this region. And then I also am a part of the, um, the work group. And then we also invited Charlie Toledo, who represents the Susco Intertribal Council. And her participation was really uh, important to the work of our group. She was an important cultural resource an important um, purveyor of the history of Indigenous people in this region, so we really value and thank her for her participation in this effort as well. Next slide. So now I'd like to talk you through uh, the steps that we took in the development of the land acknowledgement. So first, our committee, our work group engaged in research on land acknowledgements. We looked at um, land acknowledgements that were produced at other institutions. We researched um, best practices in the development of land acknowledgements. And so we started with a history. So we understood the work that we were undertaking. We then issued the invitation to uh, the Sesco Intertribal Council to participate in the development of our land acknowledgement. We were very pleased when uh, Charlie Toledo agreed to be a part of our work group. We then started to review samples. Um, of land acknowledgements that were produced by people who were a part of our community. So there were already people at Nampa Valley College that had developed and were um, reading land acknowledgements as a regular part of their work. So we started by looking at those examples. We also uh, received examples um, of land acknowledgements from the Susquehanna Intertribal Council. And we looked at those examples too. We selected text from these various samples and we put them together uh, to create a draft of our land acknowledgement. And so we had several meetings during which time we revised that uh, document to uh, really think through the language that we were using, uh, why we were incorporating the language that we were incorporating, revising it for clarity of thought, uh, revising it also with the intent for what it's supposed to do, which is to honor history, but also um, to look forward and think about its relationship to our college and what our college can do to strengthen relationships with the indigenous communities. From then, uh, we drafted uh, A form that we were circulating to representatives of Native American uh, tribes in this area. And we asked them for their input on the draft that we had developed. We received input uh, from those uh, representatives and we incorporated their recommendations. During this time, we had also been providing updates to the DEI committee on our progress as a work group. And we shared versions of the various drafts as it was being developed. And then we finalized our land acknowledgement and submitted it for inclusion in May of 2022. We submitted it to um, be included on the board agenda. At that time, uh, the interim superintendent, vice um, superintendent president, Dr. Frost, decided uh, that it was not um, appropriate for it to be added to the
0: agenda at that time.
6: So it was withheld.
0: I think just to be just to be clear in that, as I was in that conversation, I, I think just remembering that conversation very well is that the chancellor's office was recently coming out for guidance um, in terms of uh, land acknowledgments and my recollections, at least with Dr. Frost expressed the board is wanted time to understand. Uh, what the chancellor's office was doing with respect to land acknowledgements and the guidance that the chancellor's office was providing.
6: Thank you for the clarification. All right. So uh, when Dr. Powell started his tenure as uh, president of Napa Valley College, we uh, engaged in conversation with him about our land
7: acknowledgement,
6: and we uh, presented the version, the written version and the spoken version of the land acknowledgment to Dr. Powell. We engage with Dr. Powell about uh, the language and um, importantly, uh, the institutional commitments to native populations. So our committee, our work group did further uh, work on the land acknowledgment, we continued to engage in research now this time on scholarly literature, reflecting the history of uh, California indigenous communities and also specifically regional uh, indigenous communities. We also looked at um, institutional commitments at other institutions to get examples of what other colleges and universities were doing. And through that process, we um, engaged in the development of proposed institutional commitments from Napa Valley College. So we provided a revised land acknowledgment statement to Dr. Powell, and then uh, based on his feedback, uh, we did some final revisions, and that is the version that you have before you right now. Next slide, please. So. Um, the land acknowledgement toolkit. Now, this was released in fall of 2022, which is actually after the bulk of our work was done. But our work group did go through that land acknowledgement toolkit. And I'm happy to report that our process was very much in alignment alignment with the process that's recommended by the chancellor's office. So um, that Land Acknowledgement Toolkit, though, is a very useful um, resource, and that's something that I think it'll be valuable for us to include in the resources on our website that is devoted to the land acknowledgement. We set that up because it's not only about how to produce the tool, um, the land acknowledgement, but it also contains a lot of information about um, terminology, Um, resource information on uh, contacting various agencies that engage with indigenous communities, etc. So it's it's really a very nice valuable resource. Next slide, please. Now, I want to speak a little bit about how the land acknowledgement connects with our student equity plan. So the latest version of the student equity plan, which was um, submitted in November of last year, focuses on two disproportionately impacted populations. One of those is uh, American Indian Native Alaska students. So the goals in the student equity plan for this population, for this disproportionately impacted population, include reducing the enrollment gap by 30%, reducing uh, the gap by 15% of students that complete transfer level math and English within one year of first taking either of those courses, um, to reduce the existing gap of transfer rate to a four-year institution by 15%. It also includes strategies such as establishing a Native American advisory committee and also a work group to identify the cultural traditions, norms, and perspectives of indigenous indigenous peoples. Um, Another strategy is to offer additional courses and Native American studies to increase Native American cultural symbols and markers around campus. And all of these are to create a more inclusive environment and sense of belonging for Native American students. And the land acknowledgement is one step toward creating that more inclusive environment for our students. And we know that when we have a more inclusive environment, it leads to better outcomes for our students. Next slide, please. So as part of um, the development and the dissemination of um, drafts of the land acknowledgement, we've also been engaged in providing educational opportunities for people to learn about the communities, the tribes that inhabit our area. So we had a series um, which was titled Onisati's Ways of Being and Doing. And this was a four-part series. It was led by Tic-Tic, and Desiree Harp. Um, This was organized by a member of our work group, which is Luis Alcazar, and it was supported by the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. So the four lectures focused on four uh, various areas. One is spirituality, another area is arts and culture, another area was sustainability practices, and then the fourth area was history. And as we know, these are kind of overlapping areas, So uh, there was a really nice um, full kind of comprehensive presentation on uh, on Onatsanti's culture and and existence and and practices. So this educational programming, I shared the information with the NAPA Equity and Inclusivity Council so that has membership from you know the Napa Valley Unified School District and other organizations and actually I was really very pleasantly surprised that many people from the community took part in this series and we got really great feedback on it so this educational programming around you know that was developed around the development of the land acknowledgement was very successful in strengthening our community ties and um Also, with sharing information throughout the college community, engaging not only students but also our staff and people at various levels of the organization and in various departments. So, lastly, I want to think about our next steps moving forward. So, in alignment with our student equity plan, we understand that it's very um, important for the college to receive guidance from the Native American community. And so we're going to be establishing a Native American advisory committee. This is something that we had decided to do um, in advance. And then when we looked at the Chancellor's toolkit, that's also a recommendation in the toolkit. So um, we're very pleased to be engaging in that work and establishing that committee. We're also going to think about educational opportunities to continue to share uh, the history and culture of Native peoples as part of our regular cultural programming here at the college. And then we also want to think about um, the appropriate allocation of resources and development of programs to support um, our American Indian and Native Alaska populations. And this is detailed in the student equity plan. So that's the end of my presentation. I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, Dr. Manzami. Any questions?
1: I have a question. Thank you. In doing all of this work, I'm just in, you know, some of these goals to increase uh, the Native American populations here at the, the college. Like, do you, did you get a sense of what the population of these communities is?
6: Um, It's, I... I can't tell you right now what that population is, but I'm happy to provide that information to you. We have looked at um, demographic information about the population of students that we already have. And um, we know that this is a underserved community in our area. We know, for example, that um, some of our statistics, for example, students who express interest in Napa Valley College and then the number that actually enroll, that, you know, that's a low number for the Native American population. So, if we engage in efforts to really reach out to them and help them to understand that this is a welcoming and inclusive space for them, we anticipate that we can increase the number of students that actually enroll at Napa Valley College. So, yeah. Um, but I'm happy to look at what the population is in the
1: Napa Valley and provide I just think it would be interesting to know what that population is and the numbers of those that, like you said, show interest and in the ones that actually enroll and mm-hmm. how many people we actually have and, and might be able to uh, attract. Mm-hmm. I'll provide that to you. Thank you.
8: Trustee Kishnev? I, I don't have a question, but I just wanted to thank you for bringing this forward, Dr. Muzami. I think this is great stuff, and I appreciate everybody's work on it, Uh Charlie Toledo especially. She's a wealth of information,
6: so thank you. She really is. Thank you very much.
9: I'd just like to echo that. Um Thank you for all the hard work. I know um since last May, I've been waiting <laughs> for this to come up again, so I really appreciate it, Um and everybody's hard work on this, too.
0: Thank you, Trustee Baker.
9: Are we
6: gonna Are we gonna read it? I mean, that's- I'm happy to read through it if you'd like. <laughs> sure. Would you like me to read through it? Yes, please. Okay, um, I'll read. I'll read the longer written version i'll read the oral version of it the spoken version okay um and you've got the written version which is the version that would appear in our written materials so as we gather today, it is important to acknowledge that Napa Valley College and the surrounding Napa Valley sit on the unceded, traditional, ancestral, and contemporary homelands of the Miwok, Putwin, who are comprised of three federally recognized tribes, the de Dehay Band of Winton Indians of the Calusa Indian Community, the Kletzel Dehay Band of Winton Indians, and the Yocha Dehay Winton Nation, and the Wampo including the Wapo, also known as the Onatsatis peoples. As part of Napa Valley College's mission of preparing students for evolving roles in a diverse, dynamic, and interdependent world, and in accordance with the college's values of honesty, integrity, inclusivity, and respect for others, we make this acknowledgement. We also affirm that this acknowledgement is insufficient. It does not undo the harm that has been and continues to be perpetrated against Indigenous people, the land and water. May we hold steady in our commitment to be in solidarity and in action to seek equity and justice with the Miwok, Putwin and Wapo
9: peoples. I, I just think it's beautiful. I really appreciate um Both of them, both versions. And I look forward to adopting this or a version at some point. (laughs) Yeah, because this is a
0: first reading. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you. And Dr. Muzal, would you, for our next, because we have to do a second reading too, would you just make, just in case we have any other members of the? because we have to do another second reading, which I assume will be next month. I just wanted to, uh, which I'm sure you talk with Dr. Powell about, but be around or make yourself available just in case uh, we have more members of the public that might might come uh, next month for our second reading for approval which I'm sure will be straightforward, but just in case if anybody's here, it'd be nice to have you as a resource.
6: I will be uh, traveling at a conference, but I can certainly be available via Zoom. Okay, cool. Yes, absolutely, thank you.
8: Perfect.
4: Okay,
0: well, we will move on to our uh, next agenda um, item, uh, which is the CCCT uh, board election packet. Um, Trustee de Luna as you saw uh, provided some nice recommendations she, since she has a little insider's knowledge. Um, and if anybody has any questions or comments or uh, different direction that uh, you'd like the board to consider, this is the time uh, to uh, share those those thoughts. I see shaking heads indicating none. Catherine, do we have any public comment on this item?
2: No, we do not.
0: Okay, thank you. Well, I would welcome a motion to approve uh, the uh, naming the individuals the trustees highlighted um, on the sheet posted on the uh, agenda.
1: I'll make a motion that the board adopt the slate. That slate. Was that's that's a,
0: that's a better word.
1: Now. By thank Trustee Deluna. I'll
0: second. Thank you, uh, Trustee Rios. And thank you, Trustee Olson. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? The slate is adopted unanimously. (laughs)
9: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Trustee Deluna. Thank you, Trustee Rios. (coughs) Uh, We will uh, look to a revision of our calendar. Um, Due to changes, basically, you'd see two changes in August. Um, in, in anticipation, I think, of a potential late hiring of part-time faculty. Um, so want to move that um, date a little earlier, and then in September um, to approve uh, a budget by a state deadline. Um, I have no issues with this. I do know that I will not be able to attend the, uh, August because I have already made plans uh, for that. Um, uh, but... Uh, Um, Yeah, so just just an FYI, uh, Trustee DeLuna, uh, Vice Chair, (laughs) Um, any uh, comments or questions? Catherine? do we have any public comment on this item? I have no comments. Okay. I'd welcome a motion for approval of these changes to the uh, agenda calendar.
2: So moved. Second.
0: Thank you, Trustee Baker, for your motion and Trustee DeLuna for your second. All in favor? Aye.
2: Aye.
0: Any opposed? Approved unanimously. We will uh, go to uh, Information Item 9.1, District Initial Proposal for Reopeners with Classified Professionals. Uh, Don't have a presentation on this, but there is something posted on the agenda. Um, Are there any questions or comments? Okay, and then we'll move uh, to 9.2, Classified Professionals Initial Proposal for Reopeners. Any questions or comments on this item? Okay, then we will go to Mr. Reeves show, (laughs) agenda item 12.1, unrestricted general fund update and adjusted budget.
10: Thank you, Trustee Dodd. Trustee Olson is uh, apparently volunteered to be my sidekick on this. So uh, we're counting on her for good information. First of all, uh, this is there are two items here, and Trustee Dodd, we can handle them however you wish. We will need an action on one of them, or at least we're recommending an action on one of them. Let me provide you some context to begin with by pulling up the Fund 11 report as of February 28th. Just as a, a reminder, um, uh, this is through February 28th and it's it's um reflects uh, activity uh both revenues and expenses um unless you uh, would like to spend some time on the other uh columns i'm going to point you toward the far right column uh if you recall uh um the right column indicates the percentage variance compared to the previous year in revenues and expenses if you look at the uh the numbers in parentheses above that, at the very top of the sheet, it says 8 over 12 equals 67%. So um, eight months into the year is 67% of the year. Uh, and while it's not a perfect indicator, it's as, it's it's pretty good according to uh, Trustee Baker, who recommended it. Um, so if you look at the percentages in the far right column, you'll want to measure those generally against where we are in the year. And that gives you a sense of where we are compared to last year at the very same time in terms of percentages. So the first horizontal blue column says that we're at about 62% of the revenue uh, that, that we received is compared to last year at 63%. We're in pretty reasonable shape there. Our property tax revenues uh, are close, not exactly on, but close. Uh, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, those are generally timing issues, uh, so I think you're doing generally pretty well there. If we move down to salaries and uh, salaries, uh, Catherine, are we there? Salaries are trending uh, again very nicely compared to last year. We're at about 62 percent compared to a 67 percent of our budget being spent at this point last year. That's a very positive number I will remind you that uh, salaries and benefits account for 85 percent of our budget so these are these are fairly healthy uh, uh, variances positive variances so at five uh, percent on salaries and if you drop down below to employee benefits our variance is nine percent I believe yes nine percent and so we're trending again in in a very healthy way there when you move down to books and supplies, you'll notice that we're at about 56% compared to 62%. This is, these are fairly small numbers compared to others, uh, and some of these uh, will will change a bit as we move forward. But we're trending in, in a good way there as well. Our operating expenses are the area that we're, we've jumped up a bit on. Again, we're about $400,000 over where we were uh, this time last year. Uh, and we will—that uh, is, due to some timing, some reclasses—and I'll point out in a few minutes some additional expenses. However, we're still trending in a fairly positive direction. Let's continue moving down, Catherine. Um, so, other our total operating expenses, um, our other operating expenses were at about sixty-two percent spent this year as compared to 70% last year, still trending in a positive direction. Uh, Our capital outlay is at 113%. I'll share with you that uh, that's inflated a little bit because we made a decision to purchase some lease vans that we use for athletics um, with a break-even point of March this year. So uh, we're leasing those vans. Uh, uh, and, and so you're seeing a purchase price there, uh, but we have already paid for them effectively and we own them now. We purchased them because they were sitting dormant for the last two years. The mileage was low and the condition was good and we would have had to release those and so we made a decision to purchase those. And so you're seeing the purchase price being reflected there, but the leases would have, ex- have uh, terminated, uh, elsewhere in the budget, so. That's one reason why that number jumped a bit. So in terms of total expenditures, thank you, Catherine. We'll move to the right. There, there we go. We're trending at about 62% as compared to last year, where we had spent about 60, uh, 67, thank you, 68% of expenditures uh, compared to last year. So we're trending fairly well. This is showing we're about $1.3 million ahead of last year in our expenditures. We do anticipate some additional revenues as projected uh, above over last year. So I think we're in in reasonable shape. I provide that as context for um, a request for an adjusted budget, but before we go there, I would certainly entertain any questions that you have about this report through February. I don't see anything. Mr. Reeves? Trustee Dodd, if you'll allow me to move on to um, a recommendation for a budget adjustment. I've represented in, the, in last month that I thought this was going to be a fairly modest budget adjustment. Um, and it is it is less modest, let me say, that, that I anticipated last year, and I'll, I'd like to walk through that with you. The memorandum indicates that uh, through our ongoing process of budget review, we've we've recognized that, that we've uh, taken on some additional responsibilities. Certainly, in the course of of reasonable operations at the institution, others as a bit of a surprise uh, that have have led us to uh, make a request for a budget adjustment. So, um, what I'd like, what my recommendation will ultimately be, is that we make an adjustment to the budget, anticipating that our revenues will continue to exceed our expenditures and we will be able to continue to make a contribution to our reserves at the end of the year. However, uh, the, the the amount of that contribution uh, will obviously be a little bit different than we anticipated at the outset. Could you scroll down to the spreadsheet, uh, Catherine? Here's a summary of... Um, some of the expenses that we have included in a request for a budget adjustment. We have, uh, we've engaged some consultation to address some of the, some of the issues uh, on our campus. And as uh, Dr. Paulus has arrived, let's take the initiative to, to, um, to address some of these. A governance consultation, a staffing consultation. We've done a little bit of financial data consultation to engage the folks who did the FICMET report. Provide the uh, ongoing context for some financial um, projections. We have IT consultations for HR and the resources, admissions and records, and finance that are aligned with the uh, building back better after the um, after the cyber attack. We'll have some expenses covered in the cyber attack, but these these particular expenses would not be. We have um, an overlooked psych tech apprenticeship bill that. Uh, was lost in somebody's desk drawer for a few years. Uh, and so we had to uh, obviously make good on that but it was $205,000. We have a, a lease with the Upper Valley Campus for their city hall. I'm moving down to facilities here. They, uh, they did some tenant improvements there so they could move in their city hall and ultimately their police department. Um, we had have, we have some obligations for code uh, issues uh, and some water drainage issues. Uh, they asked us to do them. We asked for some bids, uh, and we determined that it was best that the contractor on site could sub that out. Uh, and that's uh, hovering around $60,000. You may recall that um, we we have to address, we have a need to address the ash landfill remediation. Uh, the ash landfill uh, was uh, part of a a dump site for the hospital across the road in the, in the early 1950s, prior to the construction receiving the land. However, uh, we, the county has uh, needs to make sure it's reasonably mitigated before uh, we put housing students there. Um, we believe uh, we've done a good job of doing that prior to construction. The county wants to be sure that we've taken every uh, every step possible, frankly, to address that. So we have some environmental consultation there. The fifty thousand dollars there is likely uh, to be uh, just under a hundred thousand dollars total. The impact on this budget, because of timing of payment, is likely to be about half of that. So remediation um, is required, uh, uh, including uh, putting a fence around that. I would I would want to be careful that I describe this carefully. The ash landfill, um, the county's calling this a remedial step or a. a uh, a remedial step, Um, but they may come back and say you need to do a little bit more based on the environmental analysis. So this may not be the last time you hear about uh, the ash landfill. We have uh, some swimming pool repairs I think you're aware of. The the big surprise for me, and and if you own a home and pay your gas bill, it's probably not a big surprise for you, is that we had this bill for $280,000 in natural gas. I kept going back, back asking for a new to read, uh, review of our, the terms used, et cetera, et cetera. It's a real number. Uh, and it's, it's almost five times what we'd normally pay during the same period, $280,000. So that totals $825,000 in, in additional expenses over what you agreed in, the, in your budget uh, of September. How will we pay for this? you'll notice that we are trending very positively in our salaries and benefits. That's the area where I would propose that we do the adjustments so that we project more um, budget projections, more uh, we'll take funds from that, that high level budget and put those into some of these expenses in our budget to more accurately reflect where those expenses are coming from. And we'll take our, our salaries and benefits. We won't take it all, obviously, a budget is a tool. It's never exact. That's why I'm in front of you asking for an adjustment, Um, but that's our our uh, our course of action uh, should you approve this uh, this adjustment.
0: Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Any questions, the board? Trustee Baker.
2: First thing I want to say, thank you. I think this is the first time this has ever happened, (laughs) but uh, so appreciate us being informed. Um, The other thing I wanted to ask a couple of questions, um, just kind of projecting for a future. So the psych tech, is that, um I'm assuming that, you know, so we're looking at three years that we didn't pay. It, are we assuming that we'll be paying roughly a third of that annually going forward and making certain it gets budgeted for Future years, and also kind of the same question regarding um, utility um, costs. Because I've had the same conversation at, at my agency about utilities and postage and things like that that just seem to be ballooning out of control. And um, just wondering, kind of what our plan is. <laughs> so that this we don't get caught short every year. <laughs> um, and so that and then the other final question I had was about the Ash landfill. um I I know there's been some interest in trying to, well, trying to determine who really should be responsible for paying for that, and I know that that's going to be something that we'll have to get dealt with down the road. My question, I guess, is if this is coming out of general fund right now. If we were later to identify another entity that was responsible for that, would we then be
10: reimbursing ourselves into general fund? Trustee Olson, um, let me start with a psych tech question. Um, your, your assessment is correct. Um, Uh, This was uh, an expense that we would have incurred every year. It's it's a shared expense with the state uh, program, uh, and we anticipate uh, roughly a third of this every year. Um, I can't say it's going to be on the dollar, but roughly a third or so, but we owe them an annual payment. And this was a catch up uh, to that and an unfortunate uh, oversight as well. I don't, I think the relationship there, while it has been repaired, was a difficult one for about 15 minutes. Uh, Your second question is related to um, utilities. I don't have an easy answer for this. We asked for a, a, an explanation from the gas company. They gave us the, the the standard response. I think they're getting it from questions from everyone. They're calling it a, a global crisis in terms of natural gas supply and, and obviously costs. Um, uh, we're hearing that it could level off soon. It's a big concern for us at these numbers in our budget. Um, so, so I think we have to. Uh, we're going to try to understand how this will will change over the rest of the the fiscal year, and try to try to normalize that, normalize it if you will, um, uh, uh, in our budget so we aren't surprised quite as much. These are big expenses, however. Uh, certainly for an organization like us, uh, we also need to look at. You know, we've had an extraordinarily cold winter as well. So um, we have to uh, either buy more sweaters or um, to figure out how we're going to reduce our costs here. It's primarily in natural gas. Your final question about reimbursement, I've already spoken to the attorney about about who is uh, ultimately responsible for uh, the site. Uh, In my previous experience, I found that uh, a governmental agency cannot um, cannot move the responsibility for that, that landfill to, to another party. Uh, and that, was, that was on another site, um, but I, uh, the attorney I spoke with uh, I, uh, is no longer with, uh, with the firm, so I need to reignite that conversation. Uh, the funds, if we were able to recover funds, uh, it would be repaid to the institution, and of course, the board would have uh, discretion over how, where you land those funds. Did I catch all the questions? Okay.
0: Thank you. Any questions, trustees? Uh, Mr. Maybe this is more of a question for um, this is more just dealing with this gas issue for, for you, Dr. Powell is, you know, I know when we're thinking about facilities master plan, which is going to be coming up down the road, it'd be interesting to kind of look off, obviously, for uh, moving off of natural gas. Obviously not. I mean, for for financial reasons, but I think there's incredible environmental reasons too to do do so. And maybe it doesn't make sense for like our cooking programs, for instance, that might you know need a a gas burner. That's just a like one example uh, of of maybe, yeah, Um, in some cases. Um, But yeah, I think it would be nice to really consider that in 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 our facilities master plan and and some. World where you know th- this district could potentially move out for you know put a bond or something like that down the road. I, I don't even like saying that word, but you know it'd be nice to consider that that amazing opportunity. How how that might um, play a part um, in, in that uh, appeal. Uh, Trustee Baker,
2: follow up comment. I know there might be grants also available for you know looking into alternative energy options. I mean, Based on the fact that my Halloween decorations finally went away this yesterday, um, we have wind, so we can maybe take advantage of that. Hmm.
10: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, most of our heating is gas. Yeah, heating a swimming pool to eighty-one degrees in temperatures that are in the thirties uh, um, takes a buck or two to keep going. So uh, that that is that is uh, that is an insight that we need to pursue. Uh, um uh, vigorously given given what we're up against okay well i you know i we don't have a trustee a,
0: yes please uh,
11: just to follow up um, yesterday the bay area air bay area air quality control board passed changes that will phase out natural gas um so i think that this is a good direction if we're starting to think about this it's um, going to become something statewide at some point in the future
0: So um, with that, I think it would be a, just a good idea to do a, a motion for approve this adjusted budget. We don't have any formal resolution, but just uh, to have some formal action from the board. So I'd, I'd welcome a motion to approve this adjusted budget.
2: I'll move to approve.
0: Thank you, Trustee Baker.
2: I'll second. Nope.
0: And we'll give it to Trustee Rios. Yeah, I don't All, in <laughs> <favor. next>
10: <laughs> All in favor, in favor. aye. Many opposed? Okay. Thank you. You you will see the uh, the adjustments reflected in the next uh, month's report. Thank you.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll move on to uh, uh, NVTA. I see. I don't know if you're technically honorable, but I consider you honorable, uh, Kate Miller is here. On behalf I, I'm not, of the no. MB, no, 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 I consider you very honorable, Executive very honorable. Thank you, Director.
5: But thank you, uh, um, President Dodd.
0: And then how do we want to do, I think the order to, is, a Kate can do a presentation. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Please go ahead. So, yeah.
5: Great. So uh, good evening, uh, Board uh, President Dodd and Dr. Powell. Uh, thank you so much for letting us come and present this new concept for uh, a transit stop uh, at, at the college. Um, I just wanted to just also just say that for those of you who aren't familiar with the Napa Valley Transportation Authority, uh, we all run the Vine Transit System. We uh, administer uh, a number of projects around town. You might have heard of the Vine Trail. We've been delivering uh, segments of the Vine Trail. And we're also responsible for the Sausal Junction project that's going on at the intersection of 221 and 29. And I can guarantee you it's going to be much better when it's done. So uh, thanks for your traffic, patience. Um, So the problem with the current stop is that when the uh, vine bus needs to go northbound, it goes along School, and then it turns into Magnolia, uh, and it drops students off at the existing stop, and then it has to go all the way down to Streblo, and then come back out again. Um, so a lot of unnecessary fuel waste associated emissions, time loss by the people, especially the students that ride the bus. Um, for any time that a vehicle is heading northbound, southbound, is working fine. Uh, so what we wanted to do, next slide, please, is we wanted to, we're proposing to do uh, another stop on the opposite side of the street, um, just a little bit north of the existing stop. Um, and what we would do is uh, that's that indicates the location where that yellow box is, or is it orange box? Um, so that gives you a feeling for where it's located. Next slide. Uh, this one's a tough drawing to look at. So we, we've gotten some preliminary designs working with RSA on this. Um, and the next slide actually has some labels that I added. So, you get a better feeling for what we're doing now. If we were to be able to have this, we'd be able to go southbound, or sorry, northbound and drop students off um, and pick students up immediately without having to do that big loop around campus. Um, The um, existing stop is located um, just to the above it on the drawing. There's a pedestrian crossing that we would add. Where those two arrows are is where the buses would pull in and then pull back out again. And then we would add a new wall and guardrail. Um, That's probably would be required by Caltrans. That's on the highway side of the proposed facility. Um, And I have handouts if you need the handouts, but I think you probably also have a copy of the presentation. So the next slide. So I'm gonna answer questions here if you have any, but I wanted to say that if there is a next step um, I sent a draft um, memorandum of understanding to Dr. Powell, which basically outlines what we would want you to do right now, which is to allow us to move forward and to commit to the project. Uh, and the reason being is that, you know, like you, I'm a government agency and I'm using public funds to do this. And I, The design element of it is about a hundred thousand dollars, and I don't want to move forward, expending that money without a firm commitment to allow us to move forward on this project. Um, We would be fully responsible for the construction, for the design, for the maintenance of the facility, and with that, I'm happy to answer any
3: questions. Uh, thank you much. Uh, just as additional context, we did have the chance to to actually speak about this in real property. There was a discussion and, and presentation in the real property committee in which the real property committee did endorse uh, the moving forward of the suggestion for us to engage in this partnership. The college is strongly in support of this. Uh, while there are a number of details that of course we need to hammer out and work through uh, the action item specifically that we were requesting is the boards uh, to consider an action item to enter into this formal agreement with NVTA to allow them to move forward with the next steps of the design feature and actually you know work through the logistics as necessary uh, and formally get uh, get the work started. Thank you Dr. Powell. Uh, Trustee Rios.
1: Yeah, may I just uh, clarify one point when we had the, the meeting with um, Grant and Rebecca, um, one of the questions was, you know, the cost construction, and, and they explained that yes, the um, the agency was going to be handling all of that. But one, uh, the other question that I asked was about the maintenance, and they had at that point said that maintenance would be turned over. To the college and the the expense, um, so I heard you say the opposite. <laughs>
5: we would maintain the facility to, as well.
1: Yeah. So so yes, we we did recommend that the board move forward, yeah. and it's even better now.
5: Yeah, and and we have you know we have a, a team that actually uh, cleans up our stops too. So if there's litter and things like that, they come by and clean them up, and then we would just incorporate the stop with our other stops.
1: Thank you. Trusty Baker.
2: I was just wondering if the pedestrian crossing is gonna be a smart crossing.
5: I'm sorry, could you say that again?
2: Is the pedestrian pros- crossing that you're gonna be
5: putting in, will it be a smart cross with lights? Mm-hmm. Well. You know, we haven't gotten very far in the design, but part of the MOU says that we'll work with the campus to, to um, you know, flesh out the details. There'll be obviously regular meetings with um, the team here uh, to make sure that the design works for everybody. Um, and if, you know, collectively we think that, a, you know, a flash or some sort of um, uh would, would help and improve the crossing. I, mean, I think we'd probably have to do a little bit of a study around that before we commit to it. Um, the hawk signal presents a little bit more, that's what they're called, a little bit more uh, maintenance requirements. So um, I think, you know, one of the things that we might t- just take a look at is making sure that the crossing is very visible for to vehicles, regardless of what we end up putting on top of that.
8: I have a couple questions. First of all, did I hear correctly that the college is not going to be responsible for responsible for any of the costs? That's correct. And second of all, how is that going to affect the existing parking spaces that are along that island there on this side of the island on the it, on the well, west side? And if, the, if that's going to get taken out, or maybe it you no. Know,
5: so this this stop is on the highway side.
8: So, so it's not going to be affected at all. There's no. The same amount of parking. Okay, thank you.
0: Any questions or comments? I have a comment. Uh, thank you so much. I think for for bringing this, I, I really not just for. This particular small project, which I know yeah, MVT has many large projects going on, but I just really appreciate MVTA and, and and your leadership, Kate, just being proactive on this. This isn't something necessarily that came from the college. MVTA approached us about this opportunity where we could better serve students uh, with public transportation options, more frequency in terms of uh, level of service. Um, so um, just want to acknowledge that. Um, And to that end, uh, I think a a motion to, I would call it support uh, entering into an MOU, you know, subject to terms to be negotiated, but uh, committing the callers that we are in support of of this idea to uh, allow MBTA to uh, proceed with the design of the facility. So moved. Thank you, thank you, Trustee Kishnev. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? unanimously approved
5: great thank you so much, thank you
12: much
0: <clears throat> so uh, we will move to another action item tonight uh, uh, financial leasing with Apple
10: thank you trustee Dodd uh, this is a, a lease with Apple uh, this is uh, one of the first salvos in our purchase to replace
4: I'm sorry, we have former trustee
2: Michael Baldini in the room and he's got his hand raised. Sorry. It might have been a public comment related to the bus stop. Excuse
0: me, I didn't take public comment. <laughs> trustee Baldini.
12: Yes, good evening, uh, Chair Dodd. I, I just wanted to thank you as a member of the Citizens Advisory Committee for the Napa Valley Transportation Authority. I. I uh, Appreciate your support. I also wanted to mention to Trustee Baker there. Please also note the speed tables, or speed bumps, or speed humps at uh, either end of Deemer Drive on approach to the the bus uh, pullouts. Uh, so and and we did hear that uh, uh, concern. That's a great suggestion. So thanks very much. Thanks for your good work, uh, uh, Board of Trustees at Napa College. Thank you.
0: Thank you for your service. Your service. always staying busy um, go ahead Mr. Reeves sorry about that that's my that's actually my fault
10: thank you again trustee Dodd and nice to hear trustee Baldini this is uh the first salvo in our efforts to replace uh student facing and and faculty and staff facing machines um this is uh an Apple lease the Lisa uh, we, we determined was the best approach in this particular purpose for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the most important reason is this, tech, this is technology that goes in front of students in a lab. And, lab, uh, and because of the use of uh, uh, the, the kind of uses, we determined that it's best to be able to turn this over after four to five, actually four years in this case, to, to upgrade technology so that students coming out of those programs are, are well equipped to enter the, the workforce. The remainder by the by of our purchases for equipment for, for student, faculty, staff facing equipment will will be from her funds uh, that we'll need to expend by the remainder uh, by June 30th. This funding source is the first year is is her funds and the subsequent three years of this lease. Are from Fund Eleven operating funds because of the multi-year nature of this this program?
0: Questions, Trustee Baker.
2: I'm just curious why Apple and not PC.
10: Apple machines are the preferred for some particular um, workforce development programs, including the graphic arts uh, and many in the in the in the arts areas. Uh, Bob V. can probably uh, uh, speak to this uh, better than I can, but it's certainly a preferred platform for some of those areas.
12: Uh, Thank you, Mr. Reeves. I I would just echo the importance of moving forward on this. We've been talking about this for at least the last four years, uh, during which time 10-year-old devices have become 14-year-old devices. Um, And that is not acceptable for uh, properly training our students in the areas of digital arts, in the areas of music, uh, and other kinds of production where um, there are just simply they're not just out of date but they are a security flaw for the institution as well Um, and so I've been uh, pushing for this lease program for some time in the planning and budget committee and I'm really delighted to see that this is moving forward and I would strongly encourage the board to support it.
8: Thank you. If if I can ask a follow-up question but why Apple and not a PC compatible as most people have I, mean, sure. jewelry, I think.
12: It, well, exactly. it depends on the discipline. It, um, so in digital arts, for example, uh, the, the workforce is using Mac devices. Uh, we have, a. this is probably less than 25% of the devices on campus. So it's in those limited areas where in those particular programs, that's what's used out there. That's what we're trying to train our students for. Um, and so while there may be um, in some areas PC works as fine, in other areas the PC he doesn't have the, the kind of capability
0: that um, we would need. Thank you. Any other uh, questions or comments? Catherine, do we have any public comment on this item? We do not. Okay, well, I would welcome a motion. Thank it's you, second. Trustee Olson. And thank you, Trustee Deluna, for your second. All in favor? Aye. 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 What's so funny, Trustee it's Baker? Okay. Yeah, I like Apple too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now it's out in the public, uh, public domain. Um, uh, Any opposed? Uh, Adopted unanimously. Thank you very much, Mr. Reeves and Mr. Randolph. We will go on to an action item, a second uh, reading of uh, BP 3433 and uh, BP 6300. Catherine, do we have any public comment on
11: this? Uh, no, we do not.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see anybody either. Any comments or questions from the board? In them, then I will uh, welcome a motion to approve a second reading of these policies. So moved. Thank you, Trustee Rios. Second. Thank you, Trustee DeLuna. All in favor?
2: Aye. Aye.
0: Any opposed? Adopted unanimously. We will go to our constituents constituency reports. Um, I know uh, President Sharma is not with us this evening. She is on a flight back to D.C.
9: With the
2: entire uh, ASNBC. Yeah, I
0: love that trip. Um, So we will move on to our classified Senate representative. Absolutely. you don't you don't even need to ask so we we'll, I'll save you, save it best for last okay okay we'll save it will save it for last um and we'll see we'll move uh, uh to classified Senate to the end of uh, our reports and move to our classified Association
1: report um
0: to Miss Larson not here um and then we will go to administrative confidential uh, Mr Vanderbilt
12: Thank you, President Dodd, uh, members of the board. Uh, first, I want to invite all of you to uh, join me tomorrow night at the opening of Spongebob the Musical. Uh, it's a great production. I saw it this morning with 450 elementary and middle schoolers uh, who had a blast. Uh, even the old folks like it. Uh, you are all eligible for the NVC Friends and Family Discount. Um, hashtag We Are NVC for tomorrow night's show only. Uh, we do have seating available, so um, please join us if you could uh, to that. It is a family-friendly show that lasts a little less than 90 minutes, so um, even with a 7 o'clock start time, you get the kids home in bed at a reasonable hour. So um, I hope to see at least a quorum of you there uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to uh, join in uh, with my other colleagues at a party. Welcome to Dr. Priscilla Mora, our new Vice President of Academic Affairs. Uh, she brings considerable experience and new outlook to academic affairs, she's asking all of the right questions, and um, I'm really looking forward to working with her um, over the coming weeks. Uh, Tonight, I would like to highlight the work of the confidential members of the Administrative Senate. Our Senate includes 23 administrators, but also 11, soon to be nine, confidential classified employees. I could tell you all about their work, but of course it's confidential. Uh, More seriously, uh, confidential employee is defined by California government code as any employee who is required to develop or present management positions with respect to employer-employee relations uh, or whose duties normally require access to confidential information. This contributes significantly to the development of management relations. These are the people who keep things moving—our human resources office, payroll, senior administrative and executive assistants. Uh, These employees are highly mobile. After all, a payroll person in the private sector or another governmental employee does essentially the same work as that person at NVC. But these employees have chosen to work their professional careers at NVC. It's therefore important to provide them with a competitive salary and a positive work environment in order to recruit and retain the very best. Uh, Let me lift them up by name, Michelle Bullock, Human Resources, Annie Chindavan, Human Resources, Donnell Cotton, Payroll, Catherine Kittle, President's Office, Solange Cota, Business and Finance, Martha Navarro, Student Affairs and Marine, Oak Villacaro, Human Resources, Savannah Petrie, Human Resources, and Danielle Savage, Human Resources. I especially want to congratulate two retiring members of this group. Joanne Stubish was for many years the face of the Upper Valley campus. Um, She really ran the place, uh, including teaching in our community education program there. And she retired uh, February 1st. She's now in Wisconsin. I hope she's staying warm. Uh, Senior Human Resource Analyst Becky Gonzalez is retiring at the end of the month, as you may have seen in the board doc tonight. Um, I believe she may have memorized a chapter and verse every provision of the collective bargaining agreements for both the faculty and classified bargaining groups. The loss of her institutional memory will be keenly felt but also her welcoming presence and calm demeanor. She's the first one who welcomed me to Napa Valley College and connected me with resources, including a realtor. So a, a, a gem of a person, and the Administrative Senate will uh, miss her. We are submitting emeritus status request for both of uh, these outstanding plays. On behalf of my colleagues, please join me in appreciation for the fine work of these excellent employees. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. We will move to our Academic Senate report. And I don't believe Dr. Tejada is with us this evening. And then uh, we will go to Faculty Association, to Ms. Iwamoto, and then to you, uh, Ms. Alexander. Oh, after Christy.
7: Mm-hmm. Thanks.
0: Please go ahead. Excuse me.
7: Good evening, board. Good evening, everyone there. Good to see you all. Um, not much to report tonight. Actually, we—I um, uh, had the the great opportunity to meet with Dr. Powell last week. Uh, talked over some things. I got to uh, meet with Dr. Mora earlier this week, which was excellent. I'm really looking forward to working with her. And um, yep, negotiations, as always, are ongoing. Wanted to welcome uh, our friend there. Uh, bob vandervelt back to the negotiations team for the district uh for you know uh, before he sails off into a uh, into the sunset with his uh, with his mai tai and his hawaiian shirt i, I uh, wanted to um uh, just say that uh um, we are looking at things like part-time and full-time uh, health benefits we are kind of making some decisions about the contract and what is going to be happening there as far as um uh whether we're going to extend for a year or not of course now that uh Rebecca Gonzalez is retiring we may just decide to forget the whole thing altogether just because she um she has been um the institutional memory of uh our negotiations she's been such a great resource to us and we are just going to miss her immensely and um you know really uh our are so appreciative of all the work she's done for us over the years and uh yeah we we are also looking at some part-time office hours extensions to make sure that our students are being treated equitably so that um um a a student who has a full-time teacher gets five hours per week in office hours where they can have access to that instructor one-on-one whereas someone who uh Takes a part-time instructor in that very same subject in that very same class and level may have no or very few office hours. We're trying to make uh, more office hours for our part-time faculty. Uh, other than that, we are just plugging along, and that is all for my report.
0: Thank you very much, Christy. Ready? Okay, perfect. So
4: people would come, but I think they're shy. So they're <laughs> THEY'RE were, HEARING they're, SPIRIT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, GOOD EVENING, EVERYBODY. THE CLASSIFIED SENATE EXTENDED. AT THE DECEMBER BOARD OF TRUSTEES MEETING WE HAD THE PLEASURE OF HEARING DR. Guerrero's REPORT ABOUT HIS TEAM, ANALYSIS OF THE STUDENTS who did OVER THE FALL SEMESTER. I really enjoyed that report and hearing the quantifiable data that he shared. The report has come back into my mind over the past few months and has given me pause to think about the function of the various reports that are offered in this setting and in particular what my goal is with my own reports as the representative of the classified senate. Dr. Guerrero's inspiration, I've decided to use classified senate reports in part to highlight the enormous contributions that Classified staff made through their daily had a similar idea. We had ES meet me and Bob. In recent months, it has not been uncommon to talk about community building and about coming together as a whole. We can't know and care about each other if we don't learn about each other. Dr. Powell's often encouraging people to talk to each other, which is fascinating that you have to remind us of that, but we're grateful that you do. It's really awesome. Um, Since it's difficult to go and talk to each individual classified professional here, it seems like a great idea for me to introduce the work that we do and to the members of our group. Um, Hopefully people will start to come to these meetings. That's my wish. Um, Tonight I'm going to highlight the classified professionals who work as custodial staff here. Um, They are, I'll just name them too, like Bob did. We didn't even plan this, I swear. It seems like we did, but we didn't. Um, Jefferson Matei and Mike Rayford, who are both leads of the Custodial Staff, Anna Garcia, Irene Avina, Roman Chavez Sosa, Lauren Smith, Rebecca Avina Arroyo, Jovita de la Cruz, Mario Pancarte, Laurentina Aguilar, Samuel Steen, and John Williams. Out their work, we really could not operate here. Their work includes, but is not limited, It. Office maintenance, mopping, waxing, and maintaining endless carpets. That was my addition. In addition, they take away several hundred cans full of garbage, recycling, and compost every day. Um, the custodial footprint at NBC is founding. We, from our colleagues, care for and maintain 90 offices. 69 bathrooms, and are responsible for the care and cleaning of a whopping 298,219 square feet. And there's 12 people. And sometimes there's like eight to 10 who are present, which means extra and take on more buildings. So um, I just wanted to really highlight their work and give praise and so much and so discreetly that they may even seem like magic to those of us who benefit from their efforts but actually it's a lot of hard work and not magic at all so that's that's to them i wish they were here for us to say thank you to um and then to close the report i just wanted to share that we're going to have our classified senate retreat on april 4th which is tuesday we have um 42 RSVPs for yes which I'm really proud of that's actually taken a lot of um of teamwork and care and Dr Powell's support and the cabinet's support so we're really grateful and um we're going to be working on shared governance training and that we have people from us about like five different topics so hopefully it'll be a really great That's
0: the end of my report. Thank you so much. No, I didn't uh, tell you. no, it's good. Here, here, to our <laughs> custodial staff. I'm surprised they're because I, mean, I I love our custodial staff too because they're, they're always smiling. Do we have?
4: you go last. <laughs> Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, I, uh, I am happy to repeat myself, too, after uh In every trustee are I just uh, you guys missed the wonderful comments that uh, Daniel uh, made about uh, the team. And I just wanted to echo that I love where you guys are always, I, say I was saying I'm surprised that you guys weren't here because you guys are normally not shy at all. Daniel said, like, oh, they're not here. Maybe they're just shy. Um, I said, no, 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 that's not the case at all. Everyone just got us happy, smiling, engaging, um, even though you know many times behind the scenes, but really just on, on the front lines, Daniel, I totally agree too. During COVID, people were working at home. You guys were here. Um, and so, um, and I, I think we all we all saw that and, and certainly uh, recognize that um, on a day-to-day basis. So,
4: you guys. Thank you so much.
0: Welcome to our meeting. Um, And thankfully, we don't have much more left, more left to go.
1: If I can just kind of echo some of the comments that that have been made, you know, that um, while you're often unseen, as everybody has said, um, you really are like uh, part of the foundation of this place, which you don't often see, but you hope is really strong and you know supports the rest of the structure. And that's what you guys do. You you allow everybody else to be able to do their job by doing yours, making sure that everything is ready, and especially for the students. So I want to thank you for all your work, your hard work. It means a lot to to the students and, and all of us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, trustee Rios. We will uh, go on to our next agenda uh, item, uh, which is our president and cabinet reports. And this is just to uh, let the team know, this is just an opportunity, what we're doing right now is is kind of summing up at the end of the meeting, where Dr. Powell is just giving general updates with the cabinet and the different VPs and what's going on in in each division.
3: I think we'll start with Jim. Yeah.
10: I'm back. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Moore as well. it's a pleasure to be part of a team with so much experience and a building team. So welcome, Dr. Mora. She already came in this morning. Uh, she'd been here three days, asked me three hard questions, and I <laughs> told her I have to get back to her. So so she's on. I would refer you to my written report. I'm not going to spend much time here. I reported on much of it. I just wanted to bring you up to speed a little bit on the institutional technology, uh, uh, where we are with that. Uh, we mentioned earlier about our efforts to replace those machines that are, uh, need to be replaced, but also present a security breach. We have, uh, we're attempting to implement the MFI, the MFA process, the multi-factor authorization or access. Um, that's been delayed a bit due to a few items, a few issues that we're trying to take care of. We did meet today with uh, uh, with the Ellucian, uh company to talk about options for how we can um, best manage our IT resources. Uh, so uh, we expect to be able to have an update about how we might approach um, IT management, IT uh, development over time in the near future. So stay tuned for that. I would uh, an update on the bookstore RFP. We had a very aggressive schedule that uh, we thought we'd bring a, a recommendation to you this meeting. However, we found it was too aggressive, uh, and so we need to bring that recommendation to you uh, at the next next meeting. We had two responses to the RFP, uh, and we anticipate uh, uh, we're sending back some uh, RFIs some requests for information, so we anticipate bringing that recommendation to you. At our next meeting, a student housing update, um, you know, uh, as well as I do, we've, we've experienced uh, a little bit of rain over the course of the last. How long has it been now? Months. Thank you. Months. Um, we're up to the third story, but the wood still is pretty wet. Um, but we are doing everything we can to expedite that process. We have folks living locally in hotels, uh, uh, always ready to give, get back on site. We we have a workout meeting scheduled for the 27th of March with the contractor to um, to look at strategies to um, to make sure or do everything we can to have those uh, those buildings available to students in August of 24. I have spoken with Dr. Mora about. Uh, the need to look at our fall schedule uh, uh, in terms of how we can accommodate uh, perhaps perhaps uh, a slightly altered opening schedule for housing. So uh, Dr. Mora is on it. And that's for
0: fall 24,
10: correct? Yeah. The Wine Education Center agreement, that sounds like a recurring dream, but I think we're close to putting some ink on that $10 million um, uh, donation. So um, much credit goes to the foundation. And, and others who have uh, who have worked hard to to make that happen. Facilities um, so the upper, the, uh, the city of Saint Helena is is now occupying um, site at the Upper Valley cam- campus. Uh, We've had some initial kind of uh, speed bumps relative to getting heat up there when when it's been pretty chilly. But I think we have um, uh, we we have made some uh, uh, improvements there, and we have some additional work we need to do. If you'd like uh, to see uh, in real time how much rain is falling on the residential site, there's a link in the uh, in the report Uh, and it's a real uh, time link and you can see how we're how we're moving along there. With that, I would conclude my
3: report. Thank you, Jim. Um, I'll keep mine short. Just want to add my my welcome to Dr. Mora. Uh, Welcome. I am so happy and we are so happy to have you here as a member of the team. As Jim mentioned, uh, Dr. Moore has been incredibly busy in the few days that she's been here with a number of uh, very key meetings with uh, influential leaders across the campus and is doing uh, really great work digging into some of the key issues, one of them being uh, what our schedule for fall 24 is going to look like is uh, one of her first tasks among many others. So we are very happy to have you here. I am very appreciative of the work that you are doing and you will continue to do, and And welcome. Welcome to your first board meeting. All right, um, as you've heard from The number of the reports and the number of the uh, documents that we'll share within Board Docs today, we are incredibly busy. Uh, The campus and the college is making significant progress in the key issues. Um, And I do want to extend my thanks collectively to to all the members of the campus community, those present here physically, those uh, out there in Zoomlandia and those at home enjoying time with their families. Um, I appreciate the work that you do. And uh, while we are in the thick of it in the semester and we have a few more months to go, uh, I know that we're gonna continue to make great progress and uh, just blaze right on through the spring semester into the summer. So thank you all. The rest of my report, you can see in the uh, in more docs. Thank
0: you. Great. Thank you. Then we'll go to our uh, committee reports. Is there anything, uh, Trustee DeLuna from DOS?
9: No, our meeting, our next meeting is gonna be March 28th.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, Viticulture and Winery Foundation, Trustee Rios? Quarterly means, okay, I won't bother you next month, then. Audit <laughs> uh, and finances, uh, nothing to report, and real property, anything else in addition to the MBTA?
1: Uh, yes, uh, we did a uh, meet regarding uh, Mount uh, Veder, um Bumpy Camp, yeah. and we had a presentation by the consultant who's been, um, he's a landscape architect and who's been up there, um, Blake Joplin, uh, I think is his his name. Is that correct? Is that Blake? Okay. Uh, So he's been up on the property for quite a while now um, mapping the property. Um, He showed us the mapping he's done, locating all of those features that um, there's still some trace of that that used to be there, like the uh, um, orchards, the uh, roadways, uh, things that are kind of getting lost to you know new growth and fallen trees and, and all of that. He's been mapping all of that. He's, uh, I think he's found a, a spring. Uh, his water's obviously uh, one of the resources that we need to try to utilize the, the property. Um, so he's, he's been doing a great job of that. He's still working on trying to find a few features, but the, uh, the other thing he's doing is trying to identify potential uses for the property that obviously education uh, being uh, you know the top one of those and the other kind of category is a, a community connection I mean uses where the community could come in whether it's hiking trails you know educational tours uh, things like that there are however a number of uh, challenges um, you know to using the property I you know we've, we've talked in, talked in the past about a, um, you know, meeting uh, conference center up there. Um, he talked about that. It's like maybe um, collaborating with a, another group, and I'm forgetting the, the name of uh, what the group is that has a facility not too far.
0: Lighthouse for the Blind?
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, pretty close by that. You know, if we wanted to do that, we could probably use their facilities. Uh, but Developing this property is, is going to be a challenge. I mean, there, there have been classes out there already. You know, some of those classes that, that don't mean, Again, another challenge is, is the distance and the roadway. If you've been out there, um, it, it's not an easy road for people to, to drive I and mean, it's extremely narrow when you get to the property. And, um, it's that easement to get in there is, is, is kind of difficult, it would be present a problem, probably for a lot of development that would increase the, the use substantially of the, the property. So um, the uh, other other um, restrictions or, or you know problems we, we would face are just the restrictions that are in the grant, the property to college that limits the development. Um, County restrictions, of course, uh, there it may be possible to opt out uh, some regulation like we did for the, uh, the housing project, but of course, it still applies, uh, which could be challenged to, you know, doing any earth moving to, to build anything up there. There is the the one house there, and a couple of other outbuildings, uh, uh, you know, even developing facilities, if you're going to have large groups out there. Um, really, the only bathroom was the one in the house and, and probably not sufficient for, for bringing, you know, whole classes up there. <laughs> yes, there are many bushes, but actually there aren't as many because it's been cleared. Uh, it, yeah, we've got fire and there's been clearing uh, going on. But the, um, the Napa Resource Conservation District is actually preparing a forest management plan property and has been engaged in, in activity up there to clean up the property. And so that's to continue. There looks like there are opportunities to potentially put in, I mean, one of the things that's been talked about, you know, there aren't any plans at this point, but uh, possibly put in vineyard, whether that works for our BWT program or potentially uh, one of the things that um, uh, Blake mentioned was, you know, maybe leasing, you know, to make bring in some income, if we can't use it, if we can develop some vineyard in that old orchard area, uh, there is a neighbor that's a winery, you know, that borders the property. That might make sense that uh, if they were interested in you know, developing vineyard to enter some agreement with them. Um, so There are a number of ideas that Blake has come up with, but nothing, nothing specific to being pursued at the moment, given all of these things that we need to look into more, um, you know, about even just the basics, the access, the facilities, and, and things of that nature. But the exploration is continuing Dr. Powell, is there anything more? You know. Something that we,
11: uh, I think you might have suggested that we might need a board field trip up there to walk around the property and take a look.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of us have been there, but I, certainly new board members haven't been there. And it, it is a beautiful property. Um, and I think it's definitely worth everybody going up to, to take a look.
0: Yes, Trustee Baker.
2: Wasn't? Didn't we invest some funds sometime in the last year or so in exploring other like possibly having like a forest management education program or fire something to that effect I don't remember what when that was or, or what might have happened to it.
1: Yeah that was um, there was discussion about that and part of it um, also I think was connected to the workforce group that we had out there uh, helping to clean up the property. But that's one of the ideas that what the property can be used for. And I think one of the um, potential for this fire management plan in, in the conservation district is to try to develop something like that.
0: thank you very much for the comprehensive uh, update, Trustee Rios. Um, McPherson Distinguished Teaching Award. Just yeah, yes. so
11: applications um, for McPherson nominations are due at the end of this month, March 31st, and then we'll spend the next week and a half after that uh, scoring the applications and deliberating and choosing
8: a winner.
0: And the uh, Dr. Schenck, uh, Student Affairs Award, Trustee uh,
8: The The information for that just went out, and so we'll be looking at that and have more to report on that at the next yeah. meeting.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think nominations are due November 14th or something around that time. Not November, April 14th. Sorry. I don't know. (laughs) Correction. Thank you, Trustee Baker, for your help always. Um, Nothing to report um, from the foundation. I think Jim gave a nice little sum up in terms of the Wine Education Center. um, And we will move to future agenda item requests. Any updates? I know we did tick one off the list with the land acknowledgement today. So it always feels good uh, to be productive. Uh, In that area, any other uh, thoughts? Seeing none, we will. Catherine, you kind of have a hand up. So, no? Okay. Okay, (laughs) great. Uh, Then we'll move on to uh, uh, trustee reports and we will uh, go from my left
12: to trustee Olson.
11: So I attended the first day of the Nepo Valley Wellness Conference today. It's a two-day conference. I'm on the planning committee. And uh, we had a really engaging um, youth panel that spoke about the impact of racism on mental health after we watched a film, an indie film called Race to be Human. It was really great. I wish we would have recorded it and shared it Um uh, there's about 250 people that have come from all over California to attend the conference. Um, Dr. Powell is attending tomorrow. Um, I uh, was speaking to Dr. Musetti, Superintendent Musetti, and she was she's really grateful that you're coming and really get involved, getting involved with the district and um, our K through 12 program. So I think that you're be- really being recognized and appreciated in the community for showing up for these kinds of things. So uh, tomorrow will be a great day of breakouts. Um, I'm I'm giving a Speaking at a couple of them, and also uh, the, the um, keynote speaker, Sean Ginwright, who wrote the Four Pivots uh, book, uh, which reimagines justice and equity in education. So it'll be really great. It's the afternoon session. So looking forward to having you there.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, Trustee <laughs>
9: um So I. Again, welcome Dr. Mora. I um, was able to come to the little welcome reception for you the other day, and it was great to see all the staff here. Um, And then also we had our Heart of Napa event. It's put on by CVNL, the organization that I work for um, during the day. And it's just incredible to see um, all the community-based organizations and nonprofits, volunteers, youth volunteers um, being recognized for all the hard work that they do all year. Um, I'm always inspired and just grateful for everything that we do, and I'm hoping that um, we'll have have more um, openings to um, actually bring these organizations onto our campuses, um, either at Valley or here at the Napa Valley College, um, just so that we can share our spaces with everybody. So uh, I think that's all. Thank you. I agree with that.
0: Trustee Baker?
2: Well, uh, welcome Dr. Morrow. Welcome to Napa Valley College. Welcome to my area and to my neighborhood. (laughs) So, and if any of my Halloween decorations end up in your yard, I apologize. (laughs) I think they would have got stuck in the creek before they got to you. Um, uh, Just a couple quick things. I wanted to uh, share that I attended um, a meeting Uh, in VUSD, where we were talking about a number of things, but one of the main topics was um, their new ethnic studies course that they are implementing. Uh, It's a state mandate that they have to have, all of the schools across the state have to have this by I think it's school year 24, 25, but they are implementing it a year early as an elective for ninth graders. And this a uh, really good information about not only that course, but also the other things that they're doing to incorporate ethnic studies and appreciation for that side of history and humanities uh, throughout their curriculum all the way down to kindergarten. And um, they also noted that they are working with our ethnic studies department to develop that. So I was very pleased to hear that. Um, another thing is uh I hope this isn't inappropriate but early <laughs> ties I said that in a meeting I wonder <laughs> but uh, I have uh, heard that the LGBTQIA community in Napa is looking for a location to host a rocky horror picture show um play a, a program in in June and I know that that would probably give uh Bobby a heart to see toilet paper and, and water guns in the pack, but perhaps the small theater?
12: Uh, I'm good with that. I'm, my last day on campus is June 2nd, so I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I'm sure we can work with the facilities uh, to find an appropriate venue.
2: Would love to do that. So if, if, um, if I could just find out who to put them in touch with, I would be happy to make that happen.
12: There'd be some in the facilities department. I will work on it. Thank you. Thank you, Trustee Baker. Trustee
0: Rios.
1: Uh, just um, one kind of uh, informational thing. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting to see what's happening, you know, throughout the county and, and up in my district. I don't know how many of um, you have followed what the saga of the former Napa County Fairgrounds in Calistoga uh, has been, but the city uh, had a special election for a bond to, to try to develop the property and it I mean, it was ugly. Um so still struggling up there on what to do with that property, uh, what its future use may be. So I think it's good to kind of keep an eye and an ear on on those things. Um I'm looking forward to the uh welcome that's coming up for uh Dr. Powell, and the Mariachi Festival. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I know Ines will get up and and probably dance while we're there and sing. Of course, she'll bring her hat. She'll be ready. So, um, and that's it.
0: Thank you, Tressy Rios. Tressy Kishinev.
8: I'm super excited to hear about Rocky Horror Show. I can't wait to take my kids. Um, (laughs) Maybe... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I met with the synagogue in Napa, the congregation, Beth Shalom, and with the Islamic Center of Vallejo, with the hopes of possibly having uh, an educational cultural festivals here and maybe uh, learning, learning communities to assist students in those communities. I met with several of my constituents, including Lisa Chu, who serves on the school district, Board and um, they were concerned about, or they wanted to know about um, dual enrollment issues and what we're planning on that. So it occurs to me maybe we can we can get an update on that in the near future. And uh, reached out to the principal of the high school, American Canyon, as well. Um, She's a busy lady; is perfectly understandable. High school principals are busy, but I let her know that I am at her service. And
0: let me know if I, if I can do anything to assist the high school connecting with the college. That's about Thank you, Trustee Kishineff. I will just go out with your guys' reports and leave it at that. And I will, <laughs> we will, uh, for our next meeting, meet on April 20th. Um, and if there are nothing else to discuss, we will adjourn uh, at 7. 11 this evening. And uh, thank you to the custodial team for being
12: here. It's really cool to have you guys here. Appreciate you. Thank you.